Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. We cannot feel love and fear at the same time. It's either fear or love. I'm not suggesting it's always an easy choice, but it is a choice. And right about now would be a very good time to choose love. We're rolling headlong into that season in which we retell the story of shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said, fear not. Fear not. Can you imagine? This is a running theme through the Bible. God says to Abraham, fear not, I am thy shield. And to Isaac, fear not, for I am with thee. And to Jacob, and then to Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Elijah, fear not. The 23rd Psalm, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. And then there's Jesus asleep in the boat as a storm rages. The disciples wake him. Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Don't be afraid. Have faith. Just believe, and there's no need to be afraid. It's a very tall order. Some of you science fiction fans may remember Dune. I never read it or the six books that followed it, but one of the summers I spent working as a Girl Scout camp counselor, I was inducted into a secret society modeled after Frank Herbert's Bene Gesserit. I know, you laugh. Uh, a matriarchal order with superhuman abilities achieved through physical and mental conditioning. In the book, they also used some made-up drug, which we skipped since we were Girl Scouts. Um, but also, since we were Girl Scouts, we loved reciting mottos. And the one I remember from our secret society modeled on Benny Gesserit was, this is from the first book, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me, and when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path where the fear has gone. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. 
I loved it. I memorized it. And in the face of really big fear, it was easy to feel like a failure. That last line, only I will remain, was actually terrifying. So fortunately, there's another biblical option. It's so handy that the Bible is usually multiple choice. <laughs> option one, fear not. Option two, choose love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Faithful or faithless, we cannot feel love and fear at the same time. Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the great pioneer in conscious dying and grieving, believed that everything we feel, everything we feel, comes from either fear or love. Every negative emotion, she said, comes from fear. Every positive emotion comes from love. We have to make a decision to be in one place or the other, she wrote, there is no neutrality in this. If we don't actively choose love, we will find ourselves in a place of fear or one of its component feelings. Every moment offers the choice to choose one or the other. And we must continually choose love in order to nourish our souls and drive away fear, just as we eat to nourish our bodies and drive away hunger. I learned so much from Dr. Kubler-Ross. It may have been from she whom I heard the story of a woman whose husband died, leaving her with two children. The young widow plummeted off the abyss and lay curled up in bed for days and days. And then one afternoon, one of the kids came into her room and said, Mom, we're out of peanut butter. And that was it. She got up and rejoined the living. Eleanor Roosevelt wrote, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I have lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. She says, courage is more exhilarating than fear, and in the long run, it is easier. We do not have to become heroes overnight. Just a step at a time, meeting each new thing that comes up, seeing it not as dreadful as it appeared, discovering that we have the strength to stare it down. Love is bigger than fear. Love is bigger than everything. In 1980, Matthew Boger was a small-framed 14-year-old from outside San Francisco when he told his mother he was gay. Take it back, she told him. When he couldn't, he wouldn't, she threw him against the wall and told him to get out. And that was the last time he ever saw his mother. He hitched a ride to Hollywood and made his home in a park off Santa Monica Boulevard, eating out of garbage cans, doing what he had to do to survive. 
and at about the same time. Tim Zale was a beefy 17-year-old kid growing up in the San Gabriel Valley area of LA. Someone of another race shot his brother and it filled him with hatred for anyone who was different. On weekends, he'd come into Hollywood to attend punk rock concerts. Violence was a daily part of my life back then, he says. One night, Matthew was hanging around the video games at Oki's Dog, escaping his hell for a few hours. But Tim and his friends considered the popular hot dog stand their territory. Matthew remembers a sudden, loud commotion from across the street. He turned as Tim shouted an expletive, let's kill him. Matthew ran for his life. But they caught him, and they almost killed him. Tim was in a frenzy. He only stopped when one of the girls in his gang began screaming. They panicked and left Matthew for dead. Somehow, Matthew was not dead. When he regained consciousness, he crawled to the park and wrapped his wounds in t-shirts. He walked to a drugstore and stole first aid supplies. And eventually, he made his way into a McDonald's to get something to eat. No one offered to help, Matthew says. It was like I was invisible. He resolved then that he would not die on the streets, because then, he says, they would have won. Eventually, he got a job at that same McDonald's. Three and a half years later, he was off the streets and in beauty school. And within 10 years, Matthew Boger was one of the most sought after ha hairstylists in LA. Tim Zale was also making a name for himself. By his mid-20s, he was a celebrated skinhead and a leader in the white supremacist movement. In 1989, he was arrested for civil rights violations and assault with a deadly weapon. He was sent to jail for a year. I thought I was doing time because of the color of my skin, says Tim. In my mind, I was a political prisoner. At 26, he was released from jail and continued to foment violence. But he says, whenever I had a situation arise when I could have really hurt someone, I would hear that girl screaming and remember that kid, and it would stop me, not knowing whether I killed him was killing me. Maybe it saved a few lives. Tim became an electrician. And through his work, he began to come into contact with all kinds of people outside that insular world. It surprised him that they were kind to him. I had it in my head that all non-whites were against me, against the white race, he says, but the more exposure I had to them, the more that changed. And then one day in a grocery store, his two-and-a-half-year-old son used a racial slur. To his surprise, Tim felt ashamed. Shortly after that, he quit the white supremacist movement. He fell in love with and married a woman who was Jewish. And he knew he had to do something to begin to make amends. He called 
the Simon Wiesenthal Center's Museum of Tolerance and told them his story. They offered him a job speaking to school children. Tim says, it was the scariest thing I ever did. Soon afterward, Matthew also walked through the museum's doors, prompted by the death of Matthew Shepard, the University of Wyoming student who was murdered because he was gay. Matthew Shepard's voice had been silenced, says Matthew, but mine was not, and there had to be a reason. Matthew began working at, a muse at the museum and learned about Tim's past. He was intrigued. I wanted to understand the mindset of someone like the man who had beaten me, he says. And after they met and began speaking about their past, they learned they used to frequent the same places in Hollywood. As soon as he mentioned Oki's dog, I froze, says Matthew. There was a moment when we both knew who the other one was. But then Tim was the courageous one who said, I was the one who led the attack. To his great credit, Matthew sat through the whole terrible story. And he came to understand that Tim hadn't seen a tiny, helpless kid. He had seen the enemy. But Tim still had to ask for Matthew's forgiveness. It came when they were speaking to their first group of school children together. After they had told their stories, Tim looked at Matthew squarely in the eye in front of the entire school and said the words it had taken him 26 years to muster. Matthew, I am sorry. Today they continue to share their story. It's not easy. Reliving it is still extremely painful, says Tim. There are days when I don't want to talk about it, but to reach all the other Matthews and Tims out there, I need to do it. After running through all the emotions, says Matthew, Tim and I both realized that we possess something very powerful. We felt as if we stood up and told our story, we could save lives. The lesson is, don't stand in silence. Silence equals death. It was perhaps Ralph Waldo Emerson who said, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Beloved spiritual companions, faithful or faithless, we cannot feel love and fear at the same time. Every moment offers the choice. It's either fear or love. And right about now would be a very good time to choose love. We possess something very powerful. Fear not. Choose love. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.